everybody and welcome to Half the Brain, the podcast that has half the brain you do and half the facts you do. Uh, it's me, it's Evil Baz, it's uh, the, the man, the one, the only, uh, Big Easy, Dirty Easy, uh, Big Danny. Uh, how are we doing? Um, hope you are well. Uh, tagging in, as always, is my tag team partner for this uh, life adventure through wrestling, Mr. Ferry Tunk, Mr. Niall, how are we doing? Love you, all right? Hello in half. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Have you been uh, been watching anything this month? I've been keeping up through Botchamania still. Keeping up through Botchamania. Uh, the recent <laughs> news about uh, Adam Copeland was a big surprise, actually, until yeah, yeah. it exploded all over me uh, Facebook feed. <laughs> like I said on Facebook, it's uh, nice to finally be able to call him by a proper name rather than Edge. You know, I think uh, that one's been coming a while. Tony Khan's got rid of a few of the silly names in wrestling now. Big Show's gone, uh, Edge is gone. Uh, you know, we could uh, take a few, uh, take a few more, hopefully, in a few years. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that was a. I, I did see that. I just I watched that Wrestle Dream. Fucking brilliant! The last three or four matches were absolutely fantastic. But uh, yeah, yeah, really good stuff. But yeah, have you have you been watching out else now? Just just the old Botchamanias. Uh, just the old Botchamania, I caught a few minutes of, I think it was Collision the other night. I had no clue what was happening, so I thought, I'm really going to have to try and get back into this before it passes <laughs> me by completely. I'd say what, Collision's a good one to watch. if you just Because Dynamite, I find sometimes, goes by really quick, and it's a bit hard to sort of stick. Uh, but Collision, I found, is uh, a lot easier to digest. See, NXT in WWE used to be my thing because that felt like a proper... It felt like an indie show with money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, uh, I've rarely dipped into NXT. I I watched it when it first started and it was a game show. And uh, I think after that, I was like, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, the the takeovers, particularly between around, I would say, 2015 and 2019, just top tier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, yeah. There were there, there was some good stuff there, definitely. But uh, shame it's not always translated to the main roster. Eh? Shame. Anyway, let's welcome our uh, our tag guest for this trio match uh, this month. Uh, joining us from um, all the way from Mexico via Nottingham, uh, <laughs> El Beanzo from uh, Los Fatso Libres. Oh yeah. Hola. Hola, mi amigos. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. All good. Your English is coming on. It's nice to hear. Yeah, it's uh, honestly so much better than the last time we did one of these. Yeah. This is the lack of mass. This is audio only, so don't worry. Yeah, you won't. I've broken kayfabe and said it already. Yeah, Yeah, still got the mask is on. Yeah, definitely. I'd just like to point out that El Binzo, when Los Fanso Libres are on the Midlife Punk podcast, he and Richie both masked up. Fantastic work! I think I did as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well done. Well, uh, we'll have to end today with a with a Los Fatso Libres song. At the end, we'll stick one of those. Instead of playing any Kamala or Jimmy Hart (laughs) and shit like that this time, we'll end with Los Fatso Libres. Yeah, the Los Fatso Libres Jimmy Hart version of any punk song ever. That's all it is. (laughs) Just listen to one and change the chords, and that's it. Uh, Yeah, what are you doing, uh, Girls and Cars, as a cover, by the way? (laughs) Hey, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. That's uh, Girls and Cars down down the road. Jive Soul Brawl as a B side. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which brings us nicely, actually, onto our topic tonight. Uh, Wrestlers, um, wrestling. Tonight, we're talking managers, valets. 
uh, advocates, if you will, um, the good and the bad. Uh, we've all picked two good ones and two bad ones to chat about, and we'll have a general chat about managers. But uh, yeah, there's you know, managers are there to help a wrestler generally who can't speak. If they can't, if they're no good on the mic, generally the manager will be there to to help out for them and uh, to not sort of outshine your your wrestler. Uh, generally, you would say uh, for a manager. So, uh, Jake, seeing as you're our guest this this time. You go first with uh, what you, you, your first best or good? Oh, good one! Right, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go good first. We'll save the the bad stuff for the for the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's got to be Paul Bearer. Easy, easy one. Yeah, I'm hoping I've not stolen yours twos, but Whoa. Paul Bearer. No, we're good the, for uh, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I was going to pick Bearer to be honest because he is iconic. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't think the Undertaker character would have been quite as you know. Agreed. As it is, without him there, I think it probably would have died a little bit of death. Definitely, people would have been like, "Yeah, he's just wearing black." Bit yeah, boring. if he just stuck with Bearer. love. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. I remember being young and um, being at uh, in the tap room underneath Oldham Athletics football ground in the in the pub, right? And uh, the wrestling's on the telly. Kids were all watching it, and there's just. Male noise going on behind us. Rubble, 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 rubble. Paul Bearer comes on the telly, cuts a promo. The whole pub went silent. Everybody shut up and was just like, "Who is that man? And what is he doing?" Like, and yeah. you can see grown men were scared of him. <laughs> but he was. Yeah, you wouldn't just... want to, wouldn't want to bump into him, would you? Like, hell no. Anywhere really, especially not down a dark alley or something like that. And and one and and one of only few people who. who you know, in a dark room, all he had to do was say, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the fucking crowd just goes absolutely mental. That mania, was it 20, that one? The 21, maybe? Around then, in it, when he comes back, Undertaker. I think it's 20 mm. when he fights Kane. At, uh, that Then he comes back as, as the dead man, as the Undertaker and whatnot. Yeah, that just absolute brilliant moment. And he didn't yeah. just manage Undertaker as well. He had yeah. Kane, obviously, as well. Um, mankind Vader. for a time. Manka- mankind and Vader were, were yeah, yeah. He was their manager as well for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, he's, he's he had quite a stable there, boys, uh, big boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, he did a lot of stuff. I mean, it was while he was a manager, but a lot of stuff with where he was sort of feuding with the Undertaker as Kane's manager, and then getting fucking buried, and then later down the line, in the PG era, getting beaten by his own son. Kane, Kane getting yeah. pushed downstairs with his, his or was that Edge that pushed him down the stairs in a wheelchair to get at Kane? I can't remember. I, I, yeah, there was there was a few <laughs> going on with Edge and Kane at the time, yeah. and I think uh, he got put into a a, a freezer. I remember around oh, yeah. at one point, and then there was the feud with the Dudley Boys where he got encased in concrete as well. Uh, but and the other day, pulled the lever. And, uh, yes. <laughs> what a boy and his his old name percy pringle just love that as well bit of uh alliteration <laughs> my favorite thing i loved his uh his obviously he was he was gone by then but his, his boys doing his uh hall of fame for him that was brilliant yeah that was a nice touch yeah no a nice touch definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i know he had a big career before WWE, he obviously, and he, and he was Percy Pringle. I think he managed Undertaker maybe before 
you know, he was the Undertaker in in, in AEW, uh, not AEW, sorry, AWA or all right, Jim Ross. Instead <laughs> 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 but like AWA or NWA or you know WCW early days and stuff like that. But yeah, what a man, what a, what a dude. Yeah, totally, Absolute dude, totally iconic, iconic, definitely. Uh, Mister Nile, what are you going for with your first good one? Uh, I'm getting it locked in right away. Yeah, Mister Fucking Fuji. Oh damn you! <laughs> damn you, sir. He was my first pick for good one. But yeah, I love Fuji. Fuji was the best. He was an absolute nuisance. And that's the best thing about him. That's what I absolutely loved. He wouldn't just like stand on the sides and, you know, like shout encouragement or just get in the referee's face. He would fucking do whatever it took. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. See, right, I've always had a theory about this, right? So, when we when I started first watching early nineties, there were sort of three uh, main managers, if you will. Heenan had all the sort of like the workers, the guys who could work and who had a, a sort of smallish character about them, but who had a a big work ethic, if you will. Then Jimmy Hart had the characters, yeah, and they could be workers as well, but they were generally characters, and they were like you know like the Mountie or uh, Honky Tonk Man. Um, you know, people like that. Um, I'm trying to think who else Hart, and I've got a little figure stable of Jimmy Hart figures, the nasty boys, Erwin R. Shyster, those kind <laughs> of people. And then Fuji had the mental people, yes. like the berserker, the warlord, and the barbarian, uh, Yoko Zuda, just absolute beasts. If you wanted to get someone over as a beast, give him Fuji as a manager. It, he, he was just, yeah, I loved him. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so many like big moments as well. But despite him having those moments, it was never about him. He always managed to keep whoever he was managing firmly in the spotlight as well. Yeah, the, the, the turn at WrestleMania with uh, Demolition and the Powers of Pain. Um, you know, where he turns on demolition and ends up yeah. going with the powers of pain. That's not a mania, isn't it? That's a four or five or one one of early ones, isn't it? Yeah, one early ones. Um, but yeah, the fucking abs- yeah, absolute shout you bastard. You absolute <laughs> bastard. You stole my first pick. But he gets that oh, salt damn out. You. you what? When Mr. Fuji gets the salt out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Right, well, I'm going to go with my second pick then. And I'm going to go with Harvey Whippleman as my second pick for a good manager. I, I, same, same with Fuji. Whippleman had the same sort of effect. When Fuji sort of left for a bit and then came back with Yokozuna and he changed character, he dropped the sort of uh, odd job look and went more traditional Japanese. They, they, were, gay, they were giving the monsters to Whippleman. So, Sid Vicious uh, was uh, was was managed by Whippleman. Big Bully Busick, who is a boy for me, he is a boy <laughs> in my boy stable. Uh, popping kids' balloons with his cigar and his big handlebar mustache, fucking a. Big Bully Busick was managed by Harvey Whippleman though as well. He had Adam Bomb, um, and the thing what he did with uh, um, Sid Vicious, I loved. Was when Vicious gave them a power bomb. He'd get in the ring because he was Doctor Harvey Whippleman, 
and he'd get a stethoscope out and he'd check the heartbeat to see if there was still and, and he'd go like no no it's over and that was, as a kid that was fantastic and i just he was uh he was great at being annoying and and just like oh on the mic giant gonzalez as well <laughs> yeah i bet that was like a i bet nobody really wanted that assignment no no but you know what he made the most out of it like he he, he put all the effort into that definitely i mean they sort of like you know forgot about him really in the attitude era and he ended up wrestling women in in, in mud pit for some reason and stuff like that but you know <laughs> for a bonus point though baz who oh. else managed adam bomb oh johnny polo was it yes Raven? yes 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 only only briefly though is him and he, he managed him and the um who else did polo manage the uh uh, the, the the Quebecers, yes, the Quebec brothers, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, fucking. I, I think that know. was his first WWE run, wasn't it? I he'd just come off of being um, Scotty Flamingo in WCW. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he come in as a bit of a he had creative as well. He had a bit of creative and worked in the offices like with Bruce Pritchard. And Bruce Pritchard always says that he could never stand uh, Raven. Or Scotty, Scott Levy, as he was at the time. Um, I'm just trying to, there he is. There's me, uh, there's me Adam Bomb figure. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I've got a, I've got a big job of stable of figures up here. Uh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Adam Bomb. Fucking hell. What a shit wrestler. Uh, right, Jake, give us your, give us oh. your second one. Is this bad one? Yeah. No, second good one. Oh, right. second good one. All yeah, right. Yeah, uh, one. It's got to be Paul Heyman. It's got to be, any it? Easily yeah. Paul Heyman. Easy. Yeah. I went for two Pauls just purposely. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Paul stable. On the Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers, he's definitely on there. From yeah. Paulie Dangerously all the way to, to now Paul Heyman. Easily. Like, just, yeah, it's just, just iconic. Even now what he's doing or what he has been doing with Roman Reigns. Like people, I don't think people would like Roman Reigns as much as they do now, if it wasn't for his involvement. Yeah. Not that I do like him, but. So he's done, like a, he's done like a kind of reverse with Roman Reigns. So he's, he's obviously improved Roman himself on the mic. And yeah. With Brock Lesnar, when Brock first debuted, he was a solid talker. And yeah. Brock just kind of went down that line on his many returns is like, can't be asked. Give me Paul. Yeah. I just can't yeah. be asked anymore. And, and fair play to him. Fair play to Brock to be able to just go to Vince and go, nah, can't be asked. Uh, and I'll prove it. Because I, I remember when he brought him back, there was about two weeks where he didn't have let, um, Heyman win him. And he cut a promo on Raw and quickly came and came in the next week very quickly. That's the foul. But like, yeah, you've got back like the dangerous alliance in, in WCW. That them versus the Stinger Squadron is still, I think, one of the best war games ever. You know, um, absolute fantastic stable. And then obviously ECW and all the stuff he did in ECW and all that, you know, 911 and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, coming into WWE and I like, I know the three people he's managed in WWE, I think, properly, like, you know, just like, or three of the top yeah. stars. I think Brock. 
was it Big Show for a time? Yeah. Oh, that famous turn. That amazing yeah. turn that <laughs> yeah. you knew was going to happen, but still. <laughs> but then you get to like post return of Brock and there's a few in there. I mean, there's CM Punk, which yeah. I forgot until yeah. I was sort of looking up this. this. Curtis Axel. Um, yeah, Curtis Axel. <laughs> there was also Ryback for a time when they were Rybaxel. I don't Ryback. know if you remember this. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. kissing Ryback on the head. Yeah, those <laughs> were dark days, man. Um, but there was one more. Can you remember? Is it Cesaro? There it was, yeah, the King yeah. of Swing. And he yeah, was doing yeah. the whole, yeah, and it was, it Yordling died a death. Yeah, it was. It should have been so much better because he's one guy that probably could do with somebody like Paul Heyman talking him up, and it just he's just seemed to job every week yeah. once he and, got Paul with him. And I think that's what he's. That's why the BCC works with him in there because Moxley, yeah. Danielson, or even Wheeler Utah can talk. Yeah, audio doesn't really have to talk at all. And the stuff he did with Eddie Kingston was just. Oh. Fucking fantastic as yeah. well to be fair to him. So he's, he's he's improved a hell of a lot, like. But you know, if you need, I don't think he really needs anybody anymore. But back then he did, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think with Heyman though, it should have been like a, a sort of almost like a stipulation that if you got Heyman, that was it. You were an elite. You were a, a blue chip guy. Yeah, and that period where he's managing like mid-mid-card wrestlers was just mm. like, mm, I, I can't get behind like who he's managing is, yeah. is any kind of serious like wrestler, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, and it doesn't fit with him, you know, people can see it a mile off. It's it's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, let's see how this goes. It might start working in a couple of weeks or something like that. It just, no. No. And he has he has got one of the best WWE Network documentaries of all time. <laughs> to be fair, is, is that the one? Um, my client, or what was it? What's it called? That Ladies one? and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. That's that's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get I get I get uh, confused for a moment with the, uh, the 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 fall and rise of ECW. Oh, the rise and fall sorry, of ECW. That one, that's a that's a, a, a brilliant. What was the one that they did on Warrior? Something like the self destruction. Self destruction of the Ultimate, of Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, and then uh, what a fucking hit job that was. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the sort of like, let's redo this uh, and 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 make it nice sort of version of that yeah. thing? I've got. I I used to have the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior on DVD. And uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant, uh, the, especially the Bobby Heenan bits. Uh, you know where he's he's telling stories about Andre just not liking him in the slightest, and yeah. uh, how he just dropped him and like really messed up Bobby Heenan's back, basically spying and whatnot. But, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to yeah I'll have to check out that Paul Heyman one. I've not watched that to be fair. Hmm. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mr. Nile, go on. Think your second best one. I'm choosing your second best, Baz. Go on. Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> of course, he had to be in there. The, 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 again, another one who'd be on the Mount Rushmore of uh, professional wrestling managers. Absolute. I, I don't, I can't think of a bad guy he had apart from Terry Taylor as the Red Rooster. But, 
I'm I I am positive, right? I've got a bit of a Mandela effect going on with the with Bobby Heenan, right? And the Red Rooster. I, I am positive when he debuts, there's a promo by Bobby Heenan where he says, I am that good of a manager that I can get you over no matter what your name is. I could call you the Red Rooster and I could get you over with these fans uh, 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 if you come with me and let me be your manager. And Terry Taylor says, right, fine, okay, you're on, we'll do that. And that's when he becomes the Red Rooster. And I'm I'm 100% positive that happened. But yeah, people claim on the internet, oh, one of the stupidest ideas and gimmicks of all time is... Uh, the Red Rooster, and I'm like, no, you're fundamentally understanding this wrong, but I can't find that promo anywhere, and I think I've just made that up in my head. As, no, as, it does sound familiar to me. Yeah, I just, I, I, but I can't find it anywhere, and I'm, and I'm a hundred percent positive that exists. I think one of my enduring memories of um, Bobby the Brain was him and Andre the Giant. I think, and this might be a Mandela as well. It was the WrestleMania where they they had the carts. Three. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's like slaps Andre or something, and Andre's like, and then Heenan like proper plays it up. Is that the end? Is mm, I think that... it's like after the match when they're leaving. Yeah, when they no, they were, when they're leaving, people are throwing stuff at him, and like um Heenan's sort of crying almost. He slumped over the car while Andre's slapping stuff away. And I think it's at <clears throat> Oh, five maybe that he he turns on him, but he does turn on him at a WrestleMania and yeah, the, you know, and then he goes out and he's waving and stuff like that. I think that may be five or six. I'm I'm I'm. It's been a while since I've watched either of those, so I'll have to. In fact, yeah, I'm going. No, I think for me, he's, he's <laughs> the epitome heel of everything. Like brilliant color commentator. I mean, everybody knows the whole monsoon he like heating thing. It's like. Will you stop? That's it, yeah. Will you stop? <laughs> and his famous line: um, Shawn Michaels getting uh, kicking Janetti through the window. Oh, he, he jumped. Yeah, the coward Marty Janetti. <laughs> Just the call at the end of the Royal Rumble night too. The yes, yes, yes. He did it. We did it. The uh, the, uh, the whole of the ninety-two Rumble. Oh, it's unfair for Flair and 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 all this, you know. It's fantastic stuff, absolutely fantastic stuff. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, what a what a what a man, what a man Heenan was. It's yeah. just it just it's testament, um, to like he could come up with things on the fly, and we all know that a lot of stuff in WWE is like heavily scripted now. And just to come out with all that sort of stuff, like on the hoof, was just incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. Some of his problems. I mean, the stuff Nick. If you watch, because he was Nick Bockwinkle's manager in the AWA, right? And Nick Bockwinkle is a wordy motherfucker, and he could like he sounds like he swallowed an encyclopedia one day and just it started you know spewing out of him. So I dare say, a few long car rides would not Nick Bockwinkle. You're gonna pick up a few quotes and sayings and whatnot and stuff like that so you know going into WWE and giving that live mic and being told right you're going to be the voice you and gorilla are the voice and especially then getting his own show and all that kind of stuff he was just you know and and it's a shame what they did to him on that for the first ever raw where 
he's dressed up as a woman and he's getting kicked out of Raw and, you know, and he comes back as a rabbi and all this sort of stuff. And he gets kicked out, he gets thrown out basically into the streets. And that, that's the last time you ever see him on the, on the WWE. And then the next time you see him, is it uh, what? Eight WrestleMania 18 for that battle royal. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 18, 18 or 19. One of them. Yeah. One of them. But yeah, that's uh, it's a shame. Shame. It's big time. Big, but he was one of the best. One of the best of all time. So uh, here's to you, Bobby. We'll pour, pour one out for Bobby. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jakey boy, Elbizo, give us your first worst manager of all oh, time. Oh, God. Uh, Let's go so, down the So hole. many to choose from. Let's this is it, yeah. All the really bad managers. I actually almost chose this as a good one. Right. It's just that I was sort of on the, but I'm going to go with Vicky Guerrero because for a time she was actually all right. And this was when I proper got into wrestling and was watching it weekly and she yeah. was just always there. And I was like, Excuse me! yeah, she was like getting all this heat. And I don't think I quite realized that it was more that people, it was like X Pac go away heat, which yeah. I don't believe in. I think that's a bit of a myth. Yeah. But for her, I think it was very true. They just didn't want her there anymore. <laughs> but some of her involvements with stuff, I mean, it was all right. It was yeah. decent. She people, I hated her personally. I, I quite like her now. I think if she came back now, it'd be like, oh shit, there's Vicky Guerrero. Let's all, you know, go banana, yeah. as they say. But no, just shocking, shrill voice, just awful. I, I I am completely there with you, mate. I'm completely there with you. And she missed her cue that time. Where the fuck is Where the Vicky? Fuck is Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> and her face, when she finally does come out, she's like... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a, what a, a famous botch. But yeah, no, I she overstayed the welcome, I think, a lot. I like yeah, you know, when she first sort of came back as a heel and was doing the whole excuse me thing, yeah, it got over and it was great. Yeah, and then she became the general manager of SmackDown. She was she had her own stable with Edge, and I could see, mm. you know, obviously you could see what Edge was doing, like getting in with her because she was running SmackDown. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's in AEW at the minute. I'm Oh, yeah, won. she she manages Nyla Rose at the minute and Marina Shafir, I think her name is. They're in like a little stable. Right. But I also, did she not fall out with them, with AEW quite recently as well for over something? I can't I can't remember. Mm. I don't know if she's, I've not seen her around for a while. Yeah. Which is oh. the only reason. And Nyla Rose has been on telly without her. Yeah. But I don't know. That could be mis, misinformation. Yeah, ignore that. I mean, kudos to WWE for giving her a job after Eddie went because mm. she could have just been shit. But when she came out with the whole excuse me, and yeah, that fucking irritated the piss out of me. But at the same time, I thought she's doing the fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. To be fair to her. And she was getting a lot of shit from King, you know, at the time. Like King's commentary is fucking awful. Whenever she came out, so I always felt a bit sorry for her. I'm like, King was fucking going at her, saying, "Oh, look at this fat woman." Basically, yeah. Uh, One time, I think they're on the stage, and he goes, "Hey, Vicky, have you lost weight? If you turn around, I think you'll find it." And it's like, yeah, 
It's just, yeah. it, just the shittest dad joke yeah. in the world to Jerry the King Law. Classic King. Terrible. <laughs> well, yes, we'll put that in there. We'll, we'll put Vicky Guerrero in the worst wrestlers book. She nearly went in the best, I'm not going to lie, but it, I, <laughs> I, I, you see why? My, I came to my senses. <laughs> she, she, She's great at getting heat. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, any more than like 10 minutes of her, and then you want to pull your own eyeballs out, <laughs> definitely, Mr. Nile. Go on, what was your, what's your first worst? Now, there's plenty of reasons for this, right? Um, but the main one is why, and that why is Nicole Bass. <laughs> She had the physique, right? She might not have had, like, the whole package when it comes to talent, like, in the ring. Yeah. But why the fuck, right, would you put a specimen like that in a non-wrestling role and just expose her for how absolutely fucking dog shit she was at it? <laughs> so she was she was Sable's manager for a bit of bodyguard. Yeah. And then she was... Uh, Val Venus's yeah. as well, wasn't she? And then uh, she claimed someone, uh, the Brooklyn Brawler was touching her up apparently backstage. Doesn't surprise me. And uh, and she took him to court and uh, failed in that lawsuit. So um, see you later, Nicole Bass Fishing. Didn't she did have a couple of like <laughs> evening gown things as well. And I'm like, uh, yeah. this is like. Just make a China Mark too. That's what they were trying to do, really, I think, but it just didn't work. And for some reason, they never signed that Asia from WCW. <laughs> yeah, it's like China. Yeah, she was the enforcer for DX. But as soon as she like broke off on her own, you know, and went for the IC title and had that thing with um, Eddie Guerrero, you know, where she was his mama seat, she was absolutely fucking flying at that. Mate, she was over. Big time. She was like third biggest star at the time, right yeah. around that time. Like it was the you know, Austin the Rock, China slash mankind, like they find it out for third place, you know, yeah. uh superstar. Like she was over like Rover. But they just after the whole Triple H Stephanie thing went all a different way, and you know, tough shit for China. <laughs> Well, and we all know who ended up taking the number three spot after she left. Yeah, exactly. There we go. The uh, the the first casualty of the uh, the reign of terror of Triple H. That's that. That'll have to be a topic for next year. Triple H's reign of terror and how it really affected everything in two thousand and three onwards. <laughs> Pull one out for Mark Jindrak, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Jindrak. There's a lot of people. Goldberg. A lot of people suffered in Katine. that reign of terror. We don't Rock. let you people win titles. No. Yeah, what Katine. are you saying? Katine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Randy Orton's first real push was uh, give me that title back off, uh, you know, to Triple H to then give it on to Batista. But yeah. Anyway, uh, so you're so you're going with Nicole Bass. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm going, my first one, I'm going to go with Abraham Washington. Ooh. <laughs> the guy who got sacked for doing a Kobe joke 
Oh yeah. Live on Raw, uh, Kobe Bryant had uh, allegations of rape of a woman that were, um, you know, quashed, thrown away out of court because of lack of evidence, etc. Uh, but Abraham Washington, um, live on Raw, said something like, "The these guys are going to beat you quicker than Kobe Bryant does to a woman in his hotel room," hmm. and uh, didn't apologize. <laughs> he didn't come out and apologize at any point. After he'd said that, but what I quite like about Washington was he had a they'd given him a live sort of mic for him to stand at the side of the ring and sort of give his own commentary on the. And I've always thought that is a fucking stellar gimmick to give a wrestler if you could let him have a, like a mic that's hooked up to the house mic and he does his own commentary whilst he's wrestling. That'd be fucking that'd be over with me. I think that's a superb gimmick, anyway. The thing about Washington, though, was that he was super fucking annoying. They'd given him his own talk show on ECW, and the best thing about the talk show was Tony Atlas just laughing like a... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, couldn't even pronounce his name. He's called the Abe Ham Washing Show with your host, Abe Ham Washing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. Whoever thought of, if we're giving this guy a show, Give him Tony Atlas as well. That just well give that guy a raise. But Abraham Washington for me just didn't work in the slightest. He had no, he had nothing about him. He, he, he was trying to add. He, he came across as like one of those actors that comes to school when you're a kid and acts out a drugs play. And there's a there's a, there's a moral message at the end. He came across as one of those guys. <laughs> that, you know. Just you trying too hard here. You're gonna you're gonna pull out an acoustic song, acoustic guitar, and sing a song about Jesus in a minute. Stop it, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Abraham Washington's my my pick. <laughs> my, my first pick, sorry, so to say. So yeah, Jake, give us your second pick. Oh, the uh, worst. it's a tough one. Uh, There's yeah. a couple. I, I'm going to go with similar similar era. Hmm. Zeb Coulter Ooh. on his on his little yeah Dutch Mantel on his little uh, mobility scooter. Again, worked for a time with Jack Swagger. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, until it wasn't, and then he started managing a stable called the All or the what was it? Something American. All American Americans, yeah, think, yeah, all American Americans with him and Cesaro, yeah, who's Swiss. <laughs> and then after all that, managed, I think, Alberto Del Rio for a time, yeah, and, and called it Rio. something about Mex America, yeah, it just didn't, just didn't work. And it did work at first, it got it sort of pushed the right buttons, yeah. albeit a little bit racist. And I think people were sort of cheering them for that in some states which isn't good obviously um but yeah just overstayed his welcome much like vicky and then lost everything because the one guy was swiss and another guy was mexican <laughs> first first instance of them ever i could if i could, you know i remember recalling this wrong but this is the first instance of them bringing a character back from so long because he's ab Coulter managed jbl in like 97 uh and i'm sure i think he may have managed the um 
the the what were the hillbillies called uh in the late nineties? Uh the brothers. Um oh uh pig and yeah Godwin. oh, Godwin. Godwin's. Godwin's. Yeah, that, that, Godwin's. I think he may have managed the Godwins for a week or two, but he was definitely JBL's manager for a bit and then disappeared. And then all of a sudden he's back in like 20, what, 15, 16, something like that. And um yeah, it was it was doing they were doing very well until yeah, it's got slightly too real. And then they yeah. had, I think Glenn Beck, if you remember him. Um, he, he was a right wing American TV guy. He had a go at them on his show, and uh, then they had to do a sort of like backstage, yeah, like uh, promo where they were like, "Hey, Glenn Beck, we're we're not <laughs> racist. We just play racists on TV, but you are a racist, right?" <laughs> and uh, it, that that is what really sort of killed. All momentum for those guys, really, at that point, for for Swagger and for him, anyway, because I thought they were a good pairing and they were, like, say, pushing buttons and doing, you know, quite well. Um, I used to really like Jack Swagger as well for some reason. Just used to really like him. I don't know why. I, I quite liked him until they get they gave him that eagle thing mm. when he won the title and they had a, he had an eagle mascot. Oh yeah, Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Chavo. I might that might have been a myth. But yeah. I think it, I think it may have been Chavo at one point when he he, he took the mask yeah. and beat him. I have no idea, but he definitely had a, an eagle that ran around him in a circle at one point, and I was just like, "What is going on here? What <laughs> is this?" But yeah, I, that's not the first time I've sort of thought that when watching WWE. That's why what we watch it. Last. Yeah, exactly. That's why we watch it? Exactly, exactly. So go on now. What's your Second worst. Um, you you're all gonna say who, and then I'm gonna remind you, and you're like, oh fuck, you know. <laughs> You'll remember this more than Jake, I think, Danny. Yeah. Frenchie Martin. Yes. Uh, you know what? <coughs> I was gonna pick this guy. <laughs> I was, but then I came up with uh, my my second one's an amazing pick. But Frenchie Martin stole a living. Yes. The most exertion he ever had to do was hold up that sign that said USA is not okay. Yeah. Uh, That's USA all he stinks. fucking did. Yeah. And he was all he had was fucking Dino Bravo as a manager as well. Oh no, oh, no, yeah. no. He was originally with the uh no, sorry. I'm sure at one point he was with the uh the Rougeau brothers. They probably did even less there. You know, I'm sure when they came in, he was with the Rougeaus, and then he left the Rougeaus, and Jimmy Hart bought their contract in K-Fabe, and Frenchie Martin went with Dino Bravo, but didn't didn't carry, didn't have it. He was, the, the WWE had a lot of these guys where they brought them in, and they had one guy as a manager, and that was it. There was a guy called The Coach, who had Mr. Perfect, who was managed Mr. Perfect for a bit, and that was it. <laughs> Never managed anybody else. No. Tim Chi uh, was Kamala's <laughs> handler and uh, never never touched anybody else at all. Bam Bam Bigelow had a manager, right? And I'm going to have to find I'm going to have to Google his name. I can't remember his name. I think it was like, it, he had a really stupid name. Um, hang on a minute. Bam Bam Bigelow. But this is like, you know, uh, Survivor Series... Like the first one, what, 88? 
of uh, Oliver Humperdinkle. Humperdinkle. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oliver Humperdink. Oliver Humperdink was one, I managed one guy in WWE and it was Bam Bam Bigelow. And that was it. See you later, Oliver. Never seen again. Fucking Paulie, uh, Paul Ellering. Sorry. Paul Ellering only managed the Legion of Doom and then briefly turned on them. All right. In the Attitude Era, managed DOA. And that was it. No, uh, he managed um, Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain, Offers yeah. Of yeah. Pain. Oh, yeah. I suppose. I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. He had a, a third team. <laughs> I'm just having a look at um, Frenchie Martin's Wikipedia and apparently. In Puerto Rico, he wrestled Ric Flair to a 60-minute time limit draw. Fuck off. <laughs> like, no, this has got a source as well, so it's not a citation needed. Yeah. On September 28, 1978, he won the NWA British Empire Commonwealth Championship from Steve Ricard. Okay, now. Holy shit. Holy shit. Matt. He actually did some... Did Do you want to change your mind now, Niall? This guy's a living <laughs> legend. He still or does he dead? No. I'm trying to think of just one uh, more one and done managers. Like I'm sure there will have been Sapphire. Sapphire. Well, she was a mm, she was a fan really who got who who was Dusty sort of brought out of the crowd and and let her hang around with him. Really, I don't think she was a manager. Um, you know, like even Sherry, she had a couple of guys and whatnot, didn't she? And and, uh, and Miss Elizabeth only had Savage in WWE. Yeah. Anyway, in, 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 mm, I don't know. Didn't she have Hogan as well, technically? Oh, yeah, I suppose technically. <laughs> technically, if you want. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. listeners, if you can think of any more one and dones. Yeah. Please one and yeah. Let us know. Email in. We've actually got an email address, half the brain pod at gmail.com. So, yeah, email us in any more one and done managers if you can think of any. Um, yeah, we'll gladly take them. Um, what is it? So is my my last pick now for the worst one, and I like I say, I think I've got a really good one here. I'm going with because, like I said at the start, a manager shouldn't really outshine the person that they're managing. So I'm going to go with Sable. I get it from that perspective. I absolutely get it. Just you did the complete opposite of your job. Like I mean. You've got to question Mark Merrill's thinking of like, why Why am I bringing my wife to work? Why yeah. should I bring my wife? Like, you know, because it's only going to go wrong for me. If Mark Merrill had said, you know what? You're not coming in with me today. You're going to stay here. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to work and you're going to stay here. I think he'd still be married now. He'd still have a wife. Uh, she wouldn't be married to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't be a farmer's wife. Yeah, but she just completely outshined him. There was yeah. like no way he was going to get over um, at all. And then when he lost to her, that was the end of his career. Like completely at that time, because women's wrestling wasn't a thing in 97, 98, 99. You know, you had China and that was it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they tried with like Luna and Sable. They weren't great wrestlers you know back then i disagree about luna she was I mean, no no don't get me wrong luna was brilliant and luna versus china could have been a great match that they never gave us right but luna versus fucking sable was not great no, no. you know luna versus 
Jacqueline wasn't the best. Really. It could have been. It should have been. It should have been. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just, it just wasn't. You know. And and back then you were, you didn't really have many women's matches, and there weren't many other women, to be honest. Um, you know. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, Sable. Just fucking nails on a chalkboard for me. Absolute. I just did the absolute opposite of what you should do as a manager, and you know, it was. Uh, yeah, I couldn't stand her. <laughs> I liked Miro as well when he first came in. I was like, he looked pretty cool. You know what? I, I in, in WCW, I I actually buzzed off him. He's in my boy stable from WCW. Fucking Johnny Be Bad. Uh, Johnny Be Good, or, well, you know, uh, was absolutely fantastic. I loved the fucking the glitter gun thing and that he put a sticker of a kiss on the guy's face when he beat him he was always on wcw on a saturday afternoon yes always always and uh yeah i was uh, i buzzed off him and then when they brought him in you think oh this is gonna do good and it, this was in the middle of 96 where like shit was going down quick and it was like you know we had plumbers garbage men clowns on raw Fucking, you know, Adam uh, Adam Bomb versus Doink uh, <laughs> or some shit like that. If only he'd said that day when he went in at Titan Towers, honey, just wait in the car. Yeah, you just wait in the car, love. <laughs> uh, let me get this meeting out of the way and then we'll go and have something to eat. You just stay here. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he had to show off his missus and Vince Russo fell in love. <laughs> bro, you got to see this broad, bro. bro. <laughs> Bro, have you seen this blonde, bro? Oh my God, <laughs> let me tell you, bro. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go with Sable. But uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, Jakey Boy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jackie. cheers. Mr. Nile, what have we got now? What we're in now? We're in October now. So we've got November. We've got one more month before December because we're going to have a big quiz in December. We're going to get a few previous guests back, and it's going to be a bit of a bit of a three-on-three challenge. Yeah, uh, specialist subjects and Royal Rumble Jenga and all sorts of uh, party games and questions. I've got a lot of questions here, so uh, we'll get through all them in December. But next month, we've got one more topic left, and hopefully. Um, Pantina Turner from Pete Benfram and the Dinner Ladies is going to join us. Yes. That could be quite good. So uh, what do we fancy talking about next time, sir? What do we what do we fancy? Dealer's choice. I've not really thought about it. Yeah, it's uh it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a big one, isn't it? Like um no, I think we might keep it a mystery and I'll uh, I'll let you know my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a think about it. I'll have a think about it, folks. But uh, yeah, we'll come back with a suitable topic. I'm sure we may, we might. You know what? We might dip into TNA. Oof. Do you, what, what do you think about testing the waters in TNA? And uh, I'll, I'll have a little dip into that. The history of TNA, maybe. Yeah, maybe. why not? Let me reactivate my Men in Motors subscription. <laughs> yeah but we'll just stick to tna we won't go full impact or uh uh or anything like that we'll just stick to the the good old tna days with uh curry man and uh sharp yeah. 
the glory weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might, in fact, the Hogan era of TNA, uh, the whole they're coming in the one 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 or whatever the fucking date was. I can't remember that now. Yeah, one 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 one. I'm sure is that. Anyway, that's next month. We'll end with some Los Fatso Libres. Uh, taking out with the smooth tones of Los Fatso Libras. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you all next month. See you later, everybody. Bye. 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 Adequate is the word. <laughs> what was that? There's a duck in here somewhere. Oh, it's it's <laughs>